Warning. Listening to this podcast could be hazardous to your mental health. Side effects could include random fits of yelling go bills to total strangers. For your safety, the entire collective medical community recommends caution when consuming this podcast. You are listening to Buffalo on the Brain with the most unathletic man in Bill's Mafia, Vince Taylor. All right, Bill's Mafia, what is going on? You are listening to Buffalo on the Brain. I'm your host, Vince Taylor. You're listening to me on the Built in Buffalo podcast network where we have new content for you every single day of the week and literally twice on Sundays. Thank you for tuning in. Hope you're having a good Monday. And, you know, it's always a little bit better after a Buffalo Bills victory. This was an ugly, ugly win. But you know what? I'll take it. And we're waving goodbye, just like Josh Allen was waving goodbye to the Miami Dolphins. Until next year, we are 2-0 and against the division rivals. After, you know, this offseason, there was a lot of people thinking, including myself for a little while, that they were going to be our biggest competition inside the AFC East. Right now, that is certainly not the case as we sweep them. Of course, we had the 35 nothing donut served up to them earlier in the season um this was a a little bit closer game but still coming down to the wire an ugly win is always better than an ugly loss and if you don't believe that then you're not thinking all the way back to the heartbreaking Tennessee titans loss a couple of weeks ago and then you could always ask the cincinnati Bengals how they're feeling today after losing to the lowly new york jets nfl any given week That's just how it goes. But instead of being our best competition in the AFC East, they are now last place in the AFC East. And yes, behind those New York Jets who won today against another playoff team. So what a ridiculous day. What a... a, I don't want to come down on Tua too hard. I have to be honest here. I've been loud in saying it with a full chest that I thought Jacoby Brissett was the better quarterback when you're comparing him to Tua. And, you know, Tua's left-handed. I don't think he has great arm strength, but he's been playing really well since he came back from his injury and all the Sashawn Watson trade talk. And I think, speaking for Miami fans, which I don't know that I really can, but I get the feeling that there's a lot of Miami fans that are completely split on if they like Tua. There's a lot of fans who are die-hard Tua fans. My guys over from Tua Amigos podcast among them. But I have to give him credit. He's had nothing to lose. He's had nothing to lose. I think it's very insulting that the trade rumors, whether they're real or not, but I don't think they materialize out of nothing. Like I said, I don't think the Miami beat reporters all got together and created this rumor out of thin air. There's something to it. And that's got to hurt to his pride. He has nothing to lose, right? What was his biggest criticism of him up to this point? He's afraid to push the ball downfield. He likes to check down. And today I think we saw, I know his stat line wasn't great. I realize that. But I think we saw him being less afraid to take chances down the field. He had a great pass today to Devontae Parker. Just kind of floated up 
to him on the sideline. Parker came down with it. It's a great pass. It's a, it's a legit NFL quarterback pass. And I was not used to seeing that out of Tua. Uh, we used to seeing a lot of checkdowns, but today, I, you know, his stat line didn't look good, but I think he played a lot better than that stat line might indicate. He made a few throws under pressure. Um, of course, it's weird. You know, I, it looks weird to me because he's a left-handed, so when he throws the ball, it just kind of looks awkward. But um, maybe he's a better quarterback than I want to give him credit for. I'm still not sold on him being the guy, but... Maybe he deserves a little bit more credit. He's he's playing with, uh, I guess it seems like he's playing like he has nothing to lose. He was 21 out of 39 today, no touchdowns. The one pick was bad. That was a really bad pick. He wasn't under that much duress, and he still kind of put it right out there, and Jordan Porter just stepped in front of it. Nearly took it back to the house, got tackled, I think, just inside the 20. But... He did play well enough to have them with a lead for a little while. Of course, their kicker missed that field goal. Um, later, they had the fumbled snap, which the Bills recovered. They left some points on the board there. Not enough to win the game, but they would have at least had a lead for a little while. Uh, so I think he played better than his stat line, obviously. Um Maybe the Dolphins aren't as good as I wanted to believe. And I know it's easy to look at their record right now and say that they're 1-7, but maybe we'll look at the record from last year and we say that was all kind of a mirage, right? I still think they have the potential for a good defense. You have to like Xavier and Howard and Byron Jones. They have some good pieces on the defensive line, but they got that record last year off from some turnovers. And yes, Tua took advantage of him on some short fields, and maybe he took a little bit too much credit for that. But I think that team was probably a little overrated looking back on it now. I don't have to be right about that. That's how I feel at this moment. And maybe this team is not as good as any of us wanted to give them credit for. And looking at New England, I thought New England would be our best competition after they got rid of Cam because Cam was such a low bar to clear for quarterback play. And I don't really love Mac, but right now, they're on our heels. They're not far behind us at all. So we got to keep the pace going. Of course, we have the easy schedule, but looking at the way the Bills team is playing right now, Tennessee Titans was a close game. You know, that wasn't something to be excited about the way we lost that game and the way we played that game. Um, the way we started this game, you know, I don't know. I, I'm not throwing up a I'm not throwing up the red flag or pushing the panic button or anything like that, but I think it's something that we want to keep our eyes on. Um, I still don't think this team has played its best football yet. I think that you can see once they catch the spark and once they get going, this offense is really hard to stop, whether that's Cole Beasley. In the perfect world, I'd like to see this team start putting some things together more consistently and not come out slow and, you know, we have the games, I think, in front of us where we can start putting that together. We have the Jaguars, should be an easy win. I don't want to see a struggle against teams like that. The Jets, uh, we have the Colts, who are playing better and lost a close one today to the Tennessee Titans. So they, they're possibly going to put up a little bit of a closer fight than I would have suspected. That's a team that is better than what their record currently is. Remember, uh, Carson Wentz was... Injured earlier, well, in the offseason, uh, into uh, preseason and training camp, he was hurt. And they had that just ridiculously brutal schedule to start the year. 
Uh, Colts are a surprisingly good team. And if you're just judging them on your record, I think you're doing yourself a disservice. They're, they're a little bit better than what their record would indicate. But, you know, now's a good time to get a couple of wins and a few wins in a row under our belts uh, and start catching stride because we do have some tough games coming up. Not saying there's a lot of them, but we do have the Saints in there. We do have the Bucks in there. Colts look like they could be a tough one. And the Pats, as I said, are on our heels. And we have two games left against them. So... We can't take our foot off the gas. Like to, you know, just kind of get things in sync a little bit. Kind of tighten up and tweak some things. But back to the game. Being the Miami Dolphins. 27 to 11. We did get a garbage time touchdown in there after that interception by Jordan Poyer. Uh, That is our seventh straight win against the Miami Dolphins. How awesome would it be if we could put together a streak like they did against us in the 1970s? We're... We're well on our way, and honestly, if we didn't get that Charles Clay drop touchdown, uh, uh, at this point I think it was the f- almost four years ago, uh, we'd be in a little bit of a, you know, almost halfway there. But uh, slow start today. I, I thought the offensive line played really bad in the first half. I mean, John Feliciano played bad the whole game, and... I am a little bit concerned that we are not making a change with Feliciano. I know we don't have a lot of pieces, but uh, I think Steve Mathis called on you know starting Ryan Bates earlier this week, and I wholeheartedly 100% agree with that. If nothing else, just give him a start or two just to see, just to see, because he can't be worse, can he? Is he really going to be worse than John Feliciano? What are the chances of that? I don't know. If it's not those stupid penalties he's taking, it's just he's always constantly giving up ground. And by the way, I've been Ike Bacher's biggest advocate, and I don't think Ike played well in this game either. Now, I think the offensive line as a whole obviously played better in the second half, and having Josh Allen back there can usually cover up a lot of warts. But, uh, you know, that's something that a lot of us have been talking about talking about for a little while now is the offensive line specifically the interior we didn't really do much to address it in the offseason so here we are in the middle of the season just kind of trying to make changes on the fly and if you want to criticize Brandon Bean I think that's legit criticism right there but again to a Threw some risky passes today. He was playing like he didn't have anything to lose. I love that pass that he made to Devontae Parker on the sideline. I mean, I hate it because it was against us, but I'm trying to give him credit here. Uh, He fit another one into a really tight window, which I'm not even quite sure how uh, Parker caught it, but there were two or three bills with the hands just kind of waving around, and somehow that ball found its way in there to Parker. Uh, Matt Milano had a great game. I thought he made hard hits. I thought he made good tackles. He was all over the place. Matt Milano is our best linebacker. And I I know I'm going to... There's always some debate with Tremaine, right? But I don't think Tremaine's as good as Matt Milano at this point in his career. I'm sorry, I just don't. Matt Milano is the better linebacker. Um, Dolphins played enough that they should have a lead. They should have been leading at the halftime, honestly. And... Some of that is on us because we were playing down to our competition. But, uh, you know, some of that's on them because they were missing field goals. And that silly missed snap 
uh, on the motion play. I think it bounced off maybe Gusecki, but they left some points on the board, definitely. Um, another thing we saw in this game that we normally do see against Miami because they run so much, man, is Josh Allen just taking off, jumping over people, stiff-arming people, getting long runs on the ground. Uh, Josh Allen is just a monster against man. If you're going to blitz him and you don't get there and you're running man, you are just asking for it. Josh Allen will pick up some yards on the ground and it, it's not even hard. It's not even hard for him. Um, also want to make sure I mention Tyler Bass. How much confidence does the coach have in him? They were kind of a no man's land, but a 57 yard field goal. And, and it's like, he didn't even really consider going any other way. Um, that one probably had another five to seven yards on it. Maybe even a few more than that. Um, just a tiny little dude with just such a, uh, I, I don't know, a palpable swagger and aura. Like just, he exudes confidence. And, uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't think I've ever wanted a kicker Jersey more than I want a kicker Jersey for Tyler Bass. I, every time he comes on the field, I'm just, I love that guy. Our punter, however, I don't feel the same way about Matt Hawk. Uh, he had a 15 yard punt there and it just, you can't do that. You can't do that. You know, I mean, we got rid of Bojorquez for this guy. Now, Bojorquez's stats might have been inflated last year because we just use him so infrequently. But, I mean, the advanced punter out of Linux on on Matt Hawk are not great either. He's good at pinning people inside the 20, but that's because he has no leg strength. (laughs) You know, Um, I think it's easier to pin people inside the 20 if if you can not get touchbacks because you can't kick it far enough. But I don't know that that 15 yard one off the side of his foot. That that was not great. I haven't talked about the refs yet, but it feels like you have to mention them every single week because there's just an egregious blown call. And I realize, I I know, I know that it's a hard job. They're not perfect. They're human beings. They're going to miss things. They can't see everything like we do when we have the benefit of watching it back on a television or on a big screen. It's not easy to catch things in the moment. But that non-call on the neutral zone infraction where Josh actually took that. Well, they originally called it a sack, but then they called it an intentional grounding. That was pretty egregious. That was pretty egregious. I think everybody could see that he jumped and I don't know. It feels like those go against us an awful lot. And maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't know. It feels like we get more than our fair share of those really bad calls uh, going even back to the Titans game where they missed like three holding calls in the same play and it really was the difference in the game. This one could have been. We were still trying to get going and I love the aggressiveness. You know, trying to go for it right there, noticing, maybe maybe they didn't even intend to go for it. Maybe they just wanted to see if they can catch him going and then once they did, they just went with it. But uh, yeah, that that was really unfortunate, especially when you consider, I believe Ed Oliver had a play earlier in the game where he was coming in for the pressure. It felt like he was unblocked, but he just beat his guy really badly. And Tua just basically dropped the ball at his feet. Now, it wasn't a spike, right? Uh, I don't know. I feel like I'm missing something, but that was an egregious uh, intentional grounding. <laughs> but instead of trying to throw it, he just dropped that at his feet and 
I felt like you needed if you're spiking the ball and giving yourself up, you need to do it immediately. But uh, I, I don't understand that call. If someone is listening to this and you know what I'm missing, I'm, I'm happy to hear what you think. But then to hear the explanation that even if they did call that, the major penalty, which was the intentional grounding, would have superseded the minor penalty, which was the neutral zone infraction that basically it would have still defaulted. I don't know. Uh, the whole play doesn't make sense to me. And and that one is, it, it's just disappointing. You know, we have them every week. I wish we didn't have to talk about them, but we do. And I say that knowing how difficult of a job that they have. Uh, Cole Beasley, as my guy Nate likes to say, third and Cole, how many third down conversions did that guy have today? And long ones too. I believe he had a third and 12, uh, maybe a, th- a third and 13 and he had another long one, I believe as well. But, you know, I never bought into the noise about we need to trade Cole Beasley. We're trying to win a Super Bowl. What are we doing here? Trying to trade Cole Beasley or even entertaining that idea. I know he's an idiot and I know his COVID stuff is just, it's just stupid, but the guy can play football and he's still got some stuff left in the tank. Obviously. Um, I get the sentiment you know, he is 32 years old. Uh, he's going to have diminishing returns at some point. But we're trying to win the Super Bowl this year, and we don't have to make that decision yet. Um, I know Bruce talked about maybe extending him. I don't know. I, I realize that he does something that nobody else on this team does. That doesn't mean we can't get production from somebody else in that spot. But that doesn't mean I want to do it either just to do it. There's no reason to. He's good at what he does. Keep him there until he's not. But anyway, yes, that was the Miami Dolphins victory today. Looking forward to having another one next week against the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm hoping that we have a more convincing one, but, you know, I'll take whatever W comes our way. This week, we still have my guy, Justin Goddard, over for Real or Silly, as I do every single week. I really enjoy speaking with him. He is over from The Wandering Buffalo, which comes out on Wednesdays and Thursdays. Love that show. Love those two guys. If you're not listening to them, what are you doing? What are you doing? Are you really a Bills fan? Also, in the Mafia hot seat this week, we have my guy Caveman over from the Built in Buffalo YouTube channel. Listen, I am not a YouTube guy, but I absolutely love Caveman's delivery. He is, he's really bold and he's energetic and there's just something different about the way he does his takes. And if you're not familiar with him, well, I hope you enjoy listening to him today, but I really want to encourage you to go find him and watch a couple of his videos. I promise you he's good. And last but not least in the Mafia Hot Seat this week, we have a built-in Buffalo brother uh, who does a lot for the network and a lot for the brand. Behind the scenes, you know, working with social media. He also does a podcast, which comes out on Saturdays, All Day Buffalo with Eli Fox. Eli's a good guy. How do you not like Eli? Give his podcast a listen as well. As I said, this network has new content every single day of the week. If you're just looking for something Bills-related to put in your ear holes, we got it for you. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get you over to Real or Silly with my guy, Justin. What is up, Bills Mafia? I am bringing you once again 
my good friend Justin Goddard over from the Wandering Buffalo to talk about talk about everything that's good in Bill's Mafia. Justin, how are you? I am doing wonderful. I'm I'm ready to get back to football. Uh, this early bye week is just it, it feels like it's been forever since we got to watch a football game. Coming off a loss makes it feel even longer. Uh, despite having to work, uh, I'm glad to be back at Sunday at one o'clock for your sake. So I hope you and en you enjoy your, your afternoon Sunday game. Yeah. At first we had to wait all Sunday and then all Monday, uh, for the chiefs game or it was all Sunday anyway. And then we wait the next week till Monday night for the Titans game. And then we had to buy and yeah, I am just ready to get back to my one o'clock schedule. I'm a creature to have her, Justin. I don't like this waiting. Hey, you gotta you gotta walk to the couch with your with your Pepsi in one hand and the blanket in the other and, and follow the routine, you know? Okay, I don't want you to say this to anybody. This is just between me and you because nobody listens to this show anyway, but <laughs> I, I <laughs> detest Pepsi. With every uh, fiber of my being. <laughs> don't tell Brother Bill because I, I don't think he likes me very much anyway, but I hate Pepsi. Fair enough. I'm a, I'm a Coca-Cola guy myself, but since nobody's listening, nobody will know, right? That's right. Good. <laughs> Just between us. All right. All right. We'll go ahead and get started with question number one. And remember that... We are talking about these before the game is played. So the game is not played till Sunday at one o'clock. You will be listening to this. Maybe nobody listens, <laughs> but this will be released the following day on the Monday. But question number one, the Dolphins will keep the score within 10 points this week. I'm going to say that one is silly and it's kind of contrary to how I usually feel about division games. Uh, especially when the first one was a beatdown. Um, I think division games tend to be a little bit closer, and, and when they're, you know, the big gap in points, I think it's more of an anomaly. Um, I just don't see Miami keeping it that close. Um, I, I, guess, I guess it's going to be a closer game, but I don't know. McDermott coming off of by having a long time to think about that loss to the Titans – really coming in geared up and, you know, seeing what the defense did to Tua the first time around and presumably he's going to have a full game starting. I just don't see them being able to be effective enough on offense to keep it in 10. I do think it's going to be a closer game than the first game though. But I, I put it at like a, something like a 17 to 20 point win for the bills. I'm going to disagree with you and I don't like it. And I, I don't have, I, I'm not basing any of this on what just happened with the Titans game. It might seem like that, but I'm not. I have a gut feeling that this game is going to be closer than what many Bills fans are saying. And I know we beat them 35 to nothing last time, and that was when Tua got hurt. I still think Brissett's the better quarterback. I know that he played reasonably well, even with those two picks the other day. But I, I have this just gnawing feeling that this game is going to be closer and it's going to give the bills mafia something to be cautious about, but I don't, I don't, I think we'll win. And I'm not predicting this to be any, 
harbinger of problems to come. I just, I just have a feeling that it's going to be closer and it's just a feeling I have no stats or anything other than that to back that up. Yeah. So for me, going back to the beginning of the season, I actually, I was on the fence about one of the Miami games being a loss. And I had, I know we talked about it on the show. I had Miami making the playoffs as a wild card team. And it was kind of all predicated on them carrying over their success from last year. Um, maybe Tua not making a giant leap, but, you know, taking a step forward and just kind of being a steady hand to guide the team. And just seeing where they're at this year is like a full 180 from what I expected. And they're sitting at one and six. And I feel like they're at the point where Flores has to be starting to feel his seat get a little bit warm. Uh, when you're talking about, you know, a possible coaching change, you're hearing trade rumors for Deshaun Watson, like how comfortable is Tua? And their defense just isn't as opportunistic as, as last year, um, which is kind of showing the flaws in, in their defense. Um, so I do agree with you that it's going to be a closer game than the first go around. I just, I just don't see it being within 10 points. Yeah, I, it's just a feeling. I don't really I, – I know the history with the Dolphins, right? It feels like every time Josh plays the Dolphins, it's not close and he gets AFC Player of the Week. It's almost like hand it to him when the schedule's made. Oh, this is when Josh is going to win NFC Player of the Week. Let's go ahead and give him the award now. But I don't and, – and, of course, that necessarily – it could still happen. But their defense last year was based a lot on – playing incredible man coverage and, and getting turnovers and turnovers are they're fluky. They're lucky, but they're also, you know, kind of make your own luck by being in the right spot and doing the right things. I know dolphins fans are not happy with the way their season's going. And I know that it's easy to, to just say the dolphins are trash. I'm not ready to say that they're trash. I don't think they're a playoff team, but I think what I, the way that I want to say this is they are a better team than what their record might be at this point indicate is what I believe. I, I would agree with that a hundred percent. I, before the season, I had them at something like 10 and six, 11 and five, something like that. And they, they still have all the, the same talent and whatnot. Granted um, part of my predictions was, you know, Will, uh, Will Fuller being an impact player for them. And I believe they're yet to see him suit up. So I mean, there are there are some things that go that are going against them, um, but I would agree with you. They're much better than their record would suggest, and I, even if it's closer, I don't see them pulling out a win here. But I don't, you you might be swaying me a little bit. I could see it being maybe a little closer than I'm predicting, but I'm still not saying ten. I'm not all the way there. Yeah, you mentioned the Deshaun Watson rumors, and that just screams to me complete disarray in your organization because those rumors weren't made up out of thin air. It wasn't like all the reporters in Miami decided an ESPN got together and just decided to create a rumor out of nothing. There's something there. And just for that to exist and for them to have to come out, Brian Flores came out and said, two is our quarterback. And you know, every time a coach says that you're like, okay, coach, the fact that you have to at least say that means something. And I still think Brissett's the better quarterback, but I agree with them continuing to see what they have with Tua. And by the end of the day, they're going to know. 
you know, the fans are, I think, split on Tua. I think many of them like Tua. My friends over at Tua Amigos podcast love Tua. And they say that if they trade for Watson, they're going to find another team to root for. I say there's plenty of room on our bandwagon. Plenty. Come on over. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen, though. <laughs> All right, on to question number two. Speaking of Tua, he has had games with good yardage totals. I think he had... I want to say 370 against us last year. I mean, he did it by passing the running backs and we were basically dropping everybody back and letting him have it. He had a not bad game this past week, four touchdowns, two picks. Justin Goddard. Does he get to 275 pass yards against this bill's defense? Um, So I'm going real on this one and it's kind of like a convoluted real. Um, I think he gets there. Um, I think he's more effective than the first game. He kind of has some tape on what we're going to try to do to him, a little more knowledge. Um, But I think he gets to the 275, and at least some of that chunk is in a little bit of garbage time towards the end of the game. Like you just said, kind of we're dropping everybody back and just keep them out of the end zone. but I think with that 275, we also see some sort of mistakes, um, be it – I think there's two turnovers from Tua with that 275, um, be that a fumble in the pocket or a couple of interceptions. I don't know exactly what it'll look like, um, but I think he's going to be looking like he's doing enough to keep him in the game um, before making some sort of critical mistake like that. I'm thinking like – Ryan Fitzpatrick in the fourth quarter with the Bills type of type of situation there. Well, what I want to see from Tua that might make me change my mind about him slightly. I'm not going to go from where I am now to thinking he's the guy, but I could maybe move incrementally up in his small degrees. I want to see him pass the ball downfield because last year it felt like he just didn't want to do it. Down big, still taking the dink and dunk stuff. Never wanting to just force anything down the field or at least take a shot. And, you know, he got his 370 that way, but you ate up so much time and you had to do it over and over and all the plays you had to took to get there. So if, if Tua can show me that he's at least willing to take some shots down the field, and I think Miami fans would agree, that would might maybe change my mind about him just a small amount. Yeah, and I, I think – you were mentioning like the drop offs to the running backs and the dink and dunk. I think Waddle being there is a big step towards him getting these 270 plus yard passing games. Um, Cause I think he can really, he can really thrive in that type of situation and get the under underneath stuff and get the, get the yards after catch. Um, but I think if they can find that, that deep passing game and pair it with the dink and dunk, and I just think about, you know, some of these zone cornerbacks or somebody trying to match up man with him, um, just getting just getting that little stuff over and over again. You start anticipating that, and then he he breaks off like a, a slant and go, and all of a sudden you got to try to match up with that speed. Um, if if Tua can figure out how to push the ball down the field while combining it with some of that underneath stuff, um, a, a guy like Jalen Waddle is really going to – thrive with them together if he can put that together well and will fuller scares me you know we had problems with tyreek hill last year we did a a decent job against him a few weeks ago but 
Will Fuller is that guy. And yes, he's not been that guy right now. He's whatever his issues are. I don't know why he was inactive, but I, I think he maybe had an injury earlier in the year, but a healthy Will Fuller um, could be a reason why the score is closer than I think it might be. Yeah, I, I could see that. I've, I've always had a lot of respect for Will Fuller. He's kind of had a little bit of a strange career with suspensions and injuries and whatnot, but there's no arguing that the talent's always been there with Will Fuller. Okay. On to question number three, Justin Goddard. I am so frustrated with our defensive line. I want to fall in love with all the potential. You know how I feel about group. I said 12 sacks earlier this year. I I love Jerry Hughes. Jerry Hughes has been my guy for a while. I, I Mario Addison still got some left in the tank. You know, we have Ed Oliver who has shown in times, but this group as a whole, I didn't even talk about AJ Epineza. Uh, this group as a whole has been just so inconsistent. And the last good game that they really had, you know, we had the Texans game, but that Miami game was where we really got my confidence back up because the, the Miami offensive line is just so bad. But you know what? The Titans offensive line was bad too, and we didn't do anything against them. So the question is, does the – do the Bills defensive line get back on track with three sacks? Um, so I very bad, badly want to say that that's real right now. Um, and I'm still very confident in them, but they, they've harbored enough doubt in me that, you know, a, a three sack game isn't anything to sneeze at. Right. And they just, the inconsistencies that we've seen and, you know, maybe, maybe we have Epinesa back in there. Um, this week and he's kind of fired up from being inactive last week and not being able to contribute. And maybe he's just going crazy on Tua again. Um, I certainly think it's a game where it's possible that their offensive line is, I'll say mediocre at best. Um, we were certainly able to get after their quarterbacks last game. Um, but this is, this is starting to become for me. Um, I need to see it before before I start having blind faith in it. Um, we saw flashes early in the season, but it's kind of kind of tapered off and it's, it just hasn't been blowing me away. Um, so I would love to see it, but this week I'm going to say silly for that one. I'm going to disagree with you, and I'm going to say real. And the reason why is Tua. I don't think Tua is as experienced as Ryan Tannehill is. So I don't think he's going to be as quick to maybe recognize when something's coming or when somebody is in his area. And I, I'm, I guess I'm maybe saying this with my heart, but you know, I think AJ Epineza getting him active goes a long way toward, but you know, it's not AJ Epineza's fault. We didn't get to Ryan Tannehill last week. There are plenty of other people on this team that we consider good pass rushers that aren't getting it done. Not, in the least of them is a former top 10 pick in Ed Oliver, who I, I know his job isn't only sacks, but you would think that he could get some with star back. There's no more excuses. Am I wrong there? No, I don't think you're wrong there at all. And, and for me, Ed Oliver's kind of like the, the player version of, of what I'm trying to say with the defensive line. Um, 
Meaning like we saw flashes that we've been looking for, for, for Matt Oliver early in the season. You know, he was causing problems in the backfield. He was getting after the quarterback and he was just flashing all over the place. Um, and, and the defensive tackle spots, not really, you know, the flashiest of positions. So when you see it, it's, it's really nice to see. Um, but him kind of in combination with the rest of the defensive line, we've kind of stopped seeing flashes like that. So he's kind of like the embodiment of how I feel about the defensive line right now in Ed Oliver. I need to see more from him. Yeah, and I, I don't have very high uh, – you you and I might have talked about this already, but I don't have a very high opinion of what I have seen so far from Boogie. Yeah, I I feel like he's needs a lot of polish, and I don't I don't think he's going to be the type of defensive end that that wins a ton of pass pressure reps. Um, I feel like he can be good for run stuffing and setting the edge, and he's going to get his sacks when the quarterback has to move around and hold the ball for five seconds. Um, but from what I've seen from him so far, I, I haven't been overly in, impressed, at least in the pass rush department. Okay. So you and I disagree there. You're taking the under. I'm saying yes, three or more. Yeah, and that, that's one that, you know, we have one of these every week, it seems like, that, boy, I hope I come on with you next week and you get to rub it in my face that I was wrong. I'd really like to see that. Uh, it's not my style to brag. I'm not looking for clouds. <laughs> well, but. you might get it next week. I, I'm, I'm. Uh, this is also partially because the Titans had a bad offensive line, and and I said screw your prediction of three, and I predicted six, and we got none. So I'm a little bit scorned from last week still. Yeah, yeah. Maybe you're overcorrecting. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, okay. Justin Goddard from the Wandering Buffalo. As I say now, it's twice a week with these guys. So if you don't get enough on Wednesday, you get a bonus episode on Thursday. Justin, tell them where they can find you. You can uh, search the podcast anywhere. Just search the Wandering Buffalo. Uh, you can find myself at jgods22. Uh, my co-host, Andrew, at 2 Changs. Shout out to Jake, our producer. Makes it all happen for us. Um, this week we got some uh, two early superlative awards going out, some bi-week offensive, offensive awards. So check that out. Ooh, I can't wait to hear that. And that, that one will be on the Wednesday episode? That's going to be Wednesday. And then Thursday we're going to kind of dive back into uh, – we already did like the Dolphins game preview, so we're going to kind of dive back into – you know, what we thought then versus what we thought now, what might have changed, what stayed the same, that type of deal. Yeah. And the two of you do a, a, an excellent job. I'm a big fan of both you and Andrew. I love the way uh, – I just like your personalities, and that's 80% of why I listen to a podcast is if I like you. And uh, I really love The Wandering Buffalo. It is definitely one of my don't misses every – now Wednesday and Thursday. So, so – Spoken from our biggest fan right there. <laughs> I am. I am your biggest fan. All right, Justin, enjoy the rest of your night, sir. You too, man. Thanks for having me. Vince Taylor and Buffalo on the Brain proudly bring to you the Mafia Hot Seat, a built-in Buffalo production. 
tough for them. It's just right for us. Be ready. It might be chilly. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. And I want to have them answered immediately. Ladies and gentlemen of Bill's Mafia, next up in the hot seat is one of my favorite built-in Buffalo content creators. And I don't say that lightly. I mean that sincerely with as much of a sincere heart as I can muster. Joining us tonight is Michael Lisman, the caveman who makes outstanding opinion videos over on our YouTube channel. If you have not found the caveman, you need to do yourself a favor and go seek him out on our channel. Caveman, say hello. Hello, everybody. I am very, very happy to find myself on the hot seat once again. I'm excited. I always love the questions Vince throws at me because I never know what to expect. And before we get started, why don't you tell us where we can find you on Twitter or whatever socials you want to plug and when we can find your videos? Sure. Um, I, you know, of course, go by the caveman on pretty much any social media platform you can, you know, search up on. Um, I have my own YouTube channel, the caveman, of course. You can follow me on Twitter. Actually, my handle on Twitter is my last name with three N's, but you can type in the caveman. It'll probably come up anyway. Um, but yeah, and I also do live shows every Wednesday night with my boy Justice General on the built in Buffalo YouTube channel. Um, and that's where you can find me. So hit me up on anywhere you want and, you know, just type in the caveman and you'll find me somewhere. All right. So, Caveman, you and I haven't spoken, I think it's probably been a couple months now. Um, how are you feeling at this point of the season? Um, I feel I feel good. You know, I think I'd be I, I I I'm cautiously I'm cautiously feeling good right now. Just because, you know, I still think they've proven a lot to me that I, I didn't think we were gonna be able to prove this year because I was one of the harsher critics of the Bills offseason. I was not a big fan of what we were doing, but they proved a lot wrong, at least in my eyes, or proved right. You get what I'm saying. Either way, um, they've been playing well, but I, I still think we are still trying to find our way out of the jungle of being that you know team that comes out and doesn't just put our best foot forward each and every week. We're just we're we're lacking that last that last piece, and that's the consistency consistency part of it and that's why we're we lost games like we did against you know week one against pittsburgh we we sucked there's no other way to put it and then this past week against the tennessee titans you know sure there were holding calls or this that this that we should have won that game at the end of the day and we were not able to execute so i'm feeling good but i, I still think we have a little ways to go yeah no I, I i can't disagree with that the titans are a good team i don't think they're one of the elite teams but they're they are a good team and it's just unfortunate that it ended the way it did. Um, it really shouldn't have ended at all. If Josh Allen gets a little traction on his yeah, right foot, it's a different story. But anyway, um, you know the drill. I got 10 questions in front of me, and you get to open with whatever number you'd like. Ooh, any number here. Um, I always try to steer away from seven because I know somebody else will probably end up taking it, so I'll leave it up there. We'll go with We'll go with nine. All right. <laughs> I saw this one on Twitter today and I liked it. So I stole it and I'm, I can't credit where I saw this. So I apologize, but there was a poll out today and I thought the answer was pretty obvious, but I'm going to just kind of not obvious, but there's two more obvious answers. Do you think it is more likely 
that the Bills lose the AFC East or the Cowboys lose the NFC East? Oh my God. <laughs> That's this is what I mean when I never know what I'm going to be asked because this is this. <laughs> that's one of the most uh, you can think, questions. You I, can, I gotta say, you can think it through, like verbally think through and give me your answer. Like, I don't have to give oh, you an answer on the spot. But. Um, man, well, I'm only gonna say it's more likely the Bills lose the AFC East only because we have the Patriots in our division. And for some reason they are playing good teams very, very tightly. They, for some, they, they have this knack to playing the best of the best to the very end. And there's really not a team in the NFC East that you could say the same about. So other than that, I mean, both divisions are just putrid outside of the Cowboys and the, and the bills and Patriots on a good day. So yeah, the bills losing the AFC East, I guess is would probably be my answer, but that's an interesting one. Yeah, I, I think there are some people out there who think the Eagles have potential to turn it around. I'm not sure I'm in that camp. Um, I was actually thinking more heavily about Washington, you know, and, and Fitz got hurt. The defense isn't up to what it was last year. Um, that team's just, I don't know. I don't know how to feel about They're going to be something close to 500, even though you can't go 500 anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, and the Giants are just a mess. Giants are going to be one of the most terrible teams in the league for the next two or three or four years, I think. Um, but I, I, I think you're right. I don't like the Patriots. I don't think they're a good team. But if I had to choose between one or the other, it's got to be the Patriots winning the AFC East, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, uh, and you were you saw people saying otherwise. So you people were saying that was it a was it a poll sent out by somebody Bills related or was it just like a like an unbiased um, kind of tweet? No, I don't even think it was a Bills creator. I think it was oh. I, I can't remember where I saw it, but it wasn't like a specific you know, Bill's creator, or it was like, it was a bigger entity, like a, an NFL Fox or something like that. Oh, wow. And people were, and you saw people saying, um, Cowboys would, uh, lose the division instead of bills. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Um, there yeah. were, there were more options there, but I mean, the two most obvious ones were those two. Um, I think the jets are terrible. I don't like Zach Wilson. I, I mean, he's hurt now, but I don't really, think that he's all that great anyway by the way i don't think that way about mac jones mac jones is getting a lot of love and i'm like eh. yeah i i i remember when we uh because i think it was before the season even started i was on the hot seat and you were telling me how zach wilson you just don't get this like leadership vibe from mac wilson you just feel like he's i, I can't remember exactly how you put it but you just didn't think he was going to be a a leader, a solid NFL quarterback because of his lacking leadership skills, something along those lines. You just don't get that, that swag factor. Not exactly sure what you said, but either way, I'm kind of feeling the same way, especially with Zach Wilson. I there's something about him. He just doesn't bring it. And understandably he's not in the, uh, the best of situations, but you know, usually guys that have it, you know, make a play here and there that make you think like, okay, maybe this guy could be it, but I really haven't seen much from Zach Wilson, you know, on a consistent basis, at least that makes me think that Mac Jones, though, uh, we might not be on the same page about that. I think Mac Jones and the, the New England Patriots, you know, this might be my my Bills fan, my inner Bills fan scaring me off. But it just looks like the Patriots are reloading to some extent. And that kind of worries me. Hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know. I I'm not super worried about the Patriots like they might be the biggest competition in the AFC East, but I still think there's a sizable gap between the two. I was really thinking 
my opinion flipped. I, I before this coming in the season, I was all worried about the Dolphins, and uh, not that I love Tua. I just felt you know they were pretty good last year. If they would have played Fitz all year, they probably would have been in the playoffs. But I mean, remember Fitz didn't have the great start either. But they do have a good defense. Tua was kind of propped up by getting a lot of short fields and scoring, you know, easy opportunities. But I still feeling a little bit better about the Dolphins until they kicked Cam off the team. And I was just like, that was such a low bar to clear to get better. The Cam was just so bad that you get anything out of Mac and they have to be the favorite, right? Well, it seems like that's true, but that doesn't mean that I think Mac is going to be really a, a quarterback threat to us. Um, maybe in, in the rest of the AFC, you know, when you're comparing them to Zach uh, Wilson and who am I forgetting? Oh, Tua. Uh, maybe he stands out in that group, but that's probably not a lot. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely not a hard. Uh, he doesn't have much to go up against Mac Mac Jones. Um, Tua, uh, I, I I was always more on the Patriots side of things. You were mentioning how you were you were more afraid of the Dolphins um, than the Patriots. I guess you know it was kind of hard to say for me personally because I think I was just as low on uh, on the Patriots as I was the Dolphins be- before the season began. But if I had to choose, it would have been the Patriots. I just, for not a single second, believed in Tua. And I, I always thought that Brian Flores got way too much love than than I thought he deserved, you know, just because of the way he handled the quarterback situation last year. And, and I don't know. I just, something about Brian Flores, I don't think he's got it. And I think that's kind of what's showing this year because, I mean, to my knowledge, I don't think the roster's really changed that much. So what what could have possibly went wrong? I mean, you you have to look beyond the roster at this point if nothing has changed. So I, I got to start pointing the finger at the guy that's leading the group, and that's Brian Flores right now. Theoretically, they got better. I mean, you got Will Fuller in there, you got Albert Wilson back. Like, you know, it should have it should be better. And. Flores is kind of living on the reputation that he had uh, 2019. And, you know, he was getting a lot of love in 2019. And, and then you're right. Like, that's where I'm like, he kind of outcoached himself and now kind of overthought what he needed to do. But like, nope, we're going to pull It's like a relief pitcher. We're just going to put, put Fitz in there. Like, you know, I, yeah. I don't know. I'm a dumb podcaster, but I know that you shouldn't do that. that that's how I feel. It's like, I might not be an NFL coach, but throwing your quarterbacks in and out like that definitely is not the uh, the answer to being a successful successful NFL team. I feel like no two-quarterback system in any capacity has ever been a successful way of winning football games. I mean, the, the Eagles attempted it kind of with uh, Wentz and Hurts at the end of last year. That didn't go very well. I mean, I thought the 49ers would try and do something with Jimmy G and Trey Lance, but it seems like they're steering clear of that. But I just don't think – I don't think it's a good way to try and go in football games. I remember a really long time ago, I was probably, I don't know, 11 or 12. I seem to remember the Broncos doing that, switching drives. Uh, I think it was Kubiak and Elway, and they would literally go drive by drive. And Elway was already established. I don't remember why they were doing that. I'd have to go look it up, but I, I know they did do it, but I don't remember why. Wow, that's that's really interesting. You're Gary Kubiak, right? Yeah. Wow, I forgot he was even a quarterback. I was thinking once you said Kubiak, I'm like, who is he talking about? But I forgot that Gary Kubiak was a quarterback at one point. Yeah, there hasn't been a lot of great coaches to come out of the Belichick coaching tree. So I don't know. Like it seems maybe sometimes we need to rethink the way we view head coaching candidates 
um, I was really down on the Brian Dable hire and he's always been a run first type of quarter or type of coordinator. And, you know, he's amazing. Well, because he has Josh. So does it matter more who your coordinator is or who your quarterback is? I think a quarterback makes the coordinator, you know, we give all the credit and the love to the bill Belichick, you know, lineage tree, but has there really been any, any good coaches come out of there? No. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I could not, you know, agree more. I, I, I mean, Matt Patricia was supposed to be the guy that turned everything around in Detroit. And I mean, they were jumping for joy when that guy got fired. <laughs> they they wanted him gone more than anything. Um, I, I'm really interested to see what happens if Josh McDaniel Josh McDaniels ever finds his way out because he's supposed to be like it. Like he this guy's supposed to be the mega genius with the offense. So if he ever finds his way out, I, I'd be interested to see how he's able to coach a football team. But I mean, like you said, it, not really many Bill Belichick uh, coordinators have left and been all that successful. Well, McDaniels has found his way out. He's had two stops, I believe. One with the Broncos. He was tagged with Tua, and maybe that's not all. Not Tua. Tebow is what I want to say. Uh, maybe that's not all on him because Tebow was just not very good. Um, that's probably on Elway more than it is McDaniels. But I believe he had a stop with the Rams, and he had no talent down there. And that might have been the Nick Foles year uh, where Nick Foles was playing with basically nobody. Like I think your number one wide receiver might have been Tavon Austin. If I, <laughs> yeah, he just they yeah. Um, so he hasn't really been given a shot, but still the, the the lineage holds true. You know the Bill Belichick coaching tree has not been great. I think that the quarterback makes your head coach and your coordinator look good. If Brian Dable were to leave, and I'm not wishing that. You know I think continuity is good, and you know, I really hate to see him go to Miami because I would just be upset. But if he were to go to a place that didn't have a quarterback, right now he's the wonder kid genius who's got all the credit for Josh Allen, but if he goes somewhere else, he's just going to be another head coach that's going to get run out in a year or two. So that that must mean, because I was going to ask you the question, Belichick or Brady, who do you give the credit to for that dynasty? So you, your answer must clearly be Tom Brady then. Oh, I get, yeah, the lion's share of the credit goes to Brady, but I, I don't want to completely discount coaching either. Of course, he's a good coach and he's a great defensive coach. And, you know, he's responsible for the Giants win against the Bills. He coached that defense and he's had good defenses over the years. So it's it's not completely all one or the other. But in that situation, yeah, the lion's share goes to Brady. I have Brady on my team. I'm a successful coordinator and I'm going to get a head job. I had coaching job, which is kind of what's going to happen with us. Leslie Frazier, you know, he'll get another sniff. Uh, Dable got a lot of sniffs last year. He'll probably end up with one this year. I just think that's the way it goes. I don't necessarily, I don't think it's always the best way to pick a head coach, but I don't know a better way either. Yeah, I agree. I, I, you know, it always makes me wonder like why, why go outside of your organization? If you feel like you're heading in the right direction, why wouldn't you want to promote from within? I feel like that's very important when you're trying to, you know, move on and have some continuity and development in your system. So I feel like, you know, promoting from within might might be a better way for the most part. But I mean, that would be something I'd have to look into and see how head coaches panned out after they were promoted from quarterbacks coach or something like that. But I actually have one question that was brought up to me last night that I have to ask you. Shoot, I, I, bring I, it. I love it. I'm on the hot seat. Do the Cleveland Browns or the Tennessee Titans have a better run game? Oh, wait, hang on. I got to I got to think about this. It's tough. Um I mean, I think it's 
as much as you might love Nick Chubb, I think it's very obvious and very clear that Derrick Henry is the better running back. But I wonder if I want to go as far as to say Cleveland has the better offensive line. And I think I do. So I'll lean towards Cleveland, but that's that's a tough one. I don't have to write about that. I just think that that's my initial reaction. That that was because I was doing the live show last night. And I don't know if you know who Spin0541 or Spin. I call him Spin. He was in the chat and he said he said something along the lines of Cleveland has a better run game than Tennessee. And I'm like, I don't think I agree with that. Like I thought about it for a second and we were going back and forth the entire show. Does I think Derrick Henry himself is just that good that it, it, it might, it, it compensates enough against Cleveland, just having a good system for running the ball overall. Like I think Cleveland has the better system in place, but Derrick Henry's just that good. Yeah. I, I, I think that I would go as far as to say now, you know, we're only talking about the run games, but as complete teams, which one would you rather see in the playoffs? Oh boy. Oh boy. At this point, I think I'd rather run into the Browns and the Titans. That's a very, very knee jerk reaction because of the last two weeks with the Titans, they could easily for some reason plummet. But as of right now, I think I would rather see the Browns. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Um, I mean, I don't think either one of them is easy out, but I think I'd rather see the Titans again because I feel confident that we can beat them. And this was a fluke. The, I mean, the Browns, I still think are a sleeping giant. I don't necessarily have to love Baker. And I know justice is listening somewhere and he's probably biting his knuckle, trying to yell at me through his phone or however he's listening to this podcast, but I don't have to love Baker. I just think there's enough around him, the defense, the offensive line, the run game, I don't know. OBJ so down. He's just kind of disappeared. Is that because of Baker or is OBJ just not got it anymore? It might be a little bit of this and a little bit of that, but that's a tough out in the playoffs. You remember how tough they played Kansas city last year. Um, that's not somebody we should overlook. And if they, if you match up with them in the playoffs, I think that's still a tough out. Oh, absolutely. I think any team that is able to establish a run game is going to be a tough tough matchup for us. I, I, that's exactly why the game against the Colts was tough. We, we couldn't slow down their run game. Their defense was decent enough to make a stop here and there. Any any team that has a decent defense with a solidified run game, I am going to be terrified of. And that is, you know, the, the Tennessee Titans defense over the last couple of weeks, at least, they've been a lot better than I ever would have expected them to be. I thought they'd be giving up 40 points a game the way they were walking into this season, but they've been a little bit better. So that's why I think the Titans, the Browns, and even the Colts, I'll still put them in that conversation. I still would not want to match up with them. That's our next test. I mean, if you want to call it the test, I live in Indy. I don't know if you know that. Everybody around me is a Colts fan, but they all think the Colts are not good. And I kind of think they, there for a minute, you were looking, they had a rough start. They had a really brutal schedule to start the year, mm -hmm. but I think they're starting to get tough past that. And I think they're starting to get into uh mid-season mode where they're not going to be bad and they could pull off some upsets and that's probably going to be our next test on the schedule because Dolphins, Jags, Jets are not it. So don't be surprised if the Colts play us real tough. I Yeah, I agree. I My preseason predictions for the, the Bills season was 14-3 and three and a loss coming from the Indianapolis Colts. I think I might change my mind at this point, um, but that's a little bit ways uh, a ways away from now. So I guess I'll leave that opinion up to when that week rolls around. But I, 
this game against the Titans and the Colts, that'll be a good game. That's a battle of a, a battle of, of a couple beasts in the AFC South this week. I don't I don't really know who I could confidently take in that one. Okay. Okay, man, you got anything else for me? Um, I think I'm all good, Vince. I appreciate you having me on as always. Yeah, man, always a pleasure. Please, 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 if you have it, if you're only listening to podcasts like I do, and you're going to go, you just want to get out there in YouTube land and you want to dip your toes in to see what other kind of stuff is out there, go watch the caveman. I promise. His his videos are short. They're usually around 10, 12, 15 minutes, but he's got such a unique delivery and he's got strong opinions too. Um, and he's not trollish about them. He's They're usually well thought out. So please, please, please make sure you go check out caveman. Caveman, thank you so much. I appreciate the time, Vince. It's been a blast. Oh. All right, man. Enjoy the rest of your night. up bills mafia next up in the mafia hot seat i have another built-in buffalo brother of mine you can find his show all day buffalo saturdays right here on this very network eli how are you what's going on vince i'm doing well uh it's been it's been too long i haven't been on this uh pod in a long time i'm excited to be here good it's always a treat when i get to have you guys on and uh i'm a big fan of your work so i i, Thank you. I like listening to you 80% of why I listen to podcasts is just because I like the host. And that's why <laughs> I listen to your podcast. But why don't you tell everybody where we can find you on social media? Yes. So I am uh, mostly for, for Bill stuff. I'm on, I'm on Twitter. Uh, that's basically it. Uh, I'm at all day Buffalo on Twitter. Uh, so do not be shy. Follow me. I am always on there basically interacting with anyone that I can. I love talking bills with the community. So follow me there. Get at me. Uh, tell me your hot takes whatever it is i'm i'm there for it all right well i wouldn't say these are hot takes but i kind of do put <laughs> you on the spot it's the mafia hot seat so you know the drill i have 10 questions in front of me number nine is gone which question would you like eli i think i did i think i've done like five and three before so let's go with six okay this is a really good discussion one because I feel like there are people on both sides right here on, on this particular topic. So Eli, the chiefs right now have four losses four this early in the season, four losses. They have just two wins. Are they still a threat? Are they, if, if they look like they look now, they're not a threat to anybody. I was just, I was just recording my podcast before this and I was talking about this and if they don't fix something, especially with that defense, they, they aren't a threat to anybody. I don't really care who the team is, playoff team or not. I think that the Chiefs can be, get, can be beat uh, by just about any team. I mean, you take out like, you know, the, the, the Jaguars, the Jets, and the, the, the Lions of the world. But most of the competent teams in this league can, can beat the Chiefs right now. That, that defense is a, a liability and a half. Uh, their offense, yeah, it's producing somewhat well, but Mahomes doesn't look the same. 
Um, so I, I, I don't think that they're a threat, to be honest. I think they are they are far from a threat uh, if, if they're going to continue to look like they do now. Yeah, and I mean, I, I don't I haven't heard anything, but Mahomes took that shot. And let's face it, Mahomes has been – I mean, without Mahomes, that team has not been great. Even, you know, two or three years ago when they were winning a Super Bowl, without Mahomes, they weren't the Chiefs. And he took that shot, and he looked like he was just out on his feet when he got up. Now, they say that he did pass concussion protocol. Um, he looked I'm, like he was lost, though. Like, he, he looked like he didn't know what sport he was playing. He took a shot, and yeah. he was did not look right. And now they say that he passed when he got back to the sidelines, but he uh, they held him out for safety reasons. Okay, he passed. All right, <laughs> wink. Yeah, wink. All right. <laughs> but I don't know. I've been the guy that's been saying for the last few weeks that, yeah, the Chiefs, yeah, they're down right now, but name a team that's going to put off seven, eight, nine wins in a row. It's going to be the Chiefs. And mm. I don't know that I feel that way right now. I, I'm taking a step back, and I don't think I want to full-throatedly endorse them like I had been. Yeah, yeah, and I don't, I really don't either. Um, I, I was one of the people that was saying before the season, you know, the Bills aren't going to be better until they beat the Chiefs. Uh, well, they beat the Chiefs, and now the Chiefs look way worse. And, I mean, this isn't really what we were talking about, but the Bills look way better than them um, uh, on all sides of the ball. Uh, and, you know, I, I I don't necessarily know if I would go as far as saying that they can that they can win seven, eight games in a row right now um, because, like, the way that they, they were looking right now, it, it just doesn't seem like they can even get that done, um, you know, that defense, I think we should talk about that. Like, I don't the, – the the way that they played in the Bills game, that defense looked like they had never played a game of football in their lives. Like, the the amount of open receivers, um, the, the tackling was bad. It's just everything about that team just looks like they don't know what they're doing. They're just not the Chiefs that we're used to. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's easy for us as, you know, the fans and the sidelines to say, well, you got to fix the defense. Well, <laughs> I mean, is it really easy to do in season – I mean, maybe sometimes offensively you can do different schemes and you can you can fix offense, I believe, with your quarterback more easily than you can refix a defense. Uh, I don't know how to write about that, but that's kind of my feeling. And I don't know if you can really retool a defense or do a whole scheme or make that work midseason. So that's going to be bad going forward, in my opinion. So right now I look at the rest of the AFC. Before this year, I think you'll agree, Eli. We were all looking to the Chiefs saying, that's the team we're measuring against. We're here to beat the Chiefs. And we did. But right now I'm like, yeah, I don't know. That doesn't feel like a challenge. To, or it doesn't feel like it should. It did a few weeks ago. Like it doesn't yeah. feel like it's the measuring stick that we wanted it to be. They're so not a we, measuring stick anymore. They're just so not. who's the measuring stick now? What do we do? Who's the measuring stick? Who are we watching right now? I mean, call me crazy, but I think the Bills are the measuring stick in the AFC, at least. I know that we're, that we're not number one. You know, the Bengals are the the number one team in the AFC is like as as far as playoff picture goes. Um, and I think the Bills are fourth right now, but the Bills are the most complete team on both sides of the ball. Um, and if it, I think that if you can beat them, then you, then then you're you know sending a statement to the league. I think that the the Titans made a statement by beating us, you know, it was a little bit of a, a corny win uh, because there was some stuff that happened that probably could have, you know, helped the bills out and may maybe the, the bills could have won that game. But um, I think that that was a statement game because they beat one of the best teams in the league 
So I think the Bills are the measuring stick. Um, I, I'm interested to see who, who who you think is the measuring stick, though. Well, I, I think you're right. I think I think the easy way and the very surfacey way to look at it is well, the Bills just lost to the Titans, and I mean, I, I still think that the Bills are other. They're watching us, right? Even though we just lost to the Titans, that was a game where they had to have all the breaks to win. We didn't play our best football. And we honestly, I mean, Josh Allen gets a little traction on his right foot and that's a different story. Mm -hmm. And they had to have all the breaks just to get into that position. So the Titans are a good team. Don't please don't hear me saying that they're trash because I don't think they're trash, but they're not in the same league as us. And I don't know. I feel like we need to be measuring ourselves up against another team. And yeah, I guess people are pointing to Cincinnati right now because they technically have the best record. I'm not a believer. Like I, I kind of picked them as a fringe playoff team and a wild card team be, before the end of the uh, before the beginning of the season. I still think that's true. Um, I know a lot of people are down on the Ravens right now. They're having some issues with their injuries. Um, I don't know. They're probably not that measuring stick for us right now, but that's still going to be a tough outcome playoff time. I still wholeheartedly believe that. And we can look at the game last year in the playoffs. And if Lamar doesn't throw the pick there, that game could very easily have went a different way. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. It was, it was kind of, honestly, it was weird to me how it ended 41 17, because it definitely wasn't a game like that. You know, it's pretty, pretty close game throughout. So I mean, I picked the Bengals to win that game, um, and I, I don't know why. I just had a feeling. Um, I, I'm a I'm a firm believer in Jamar Chase, but I don't know if I'm a firm believer in in the Bengals. You know, being a top three playoff team come playoff time. Yeah, they got five wins. They will most likely be in the playoffs, but I don't think they're going to be rivaling us for the top seed, especially when you look at the Bills' schedule right now. I was Honestly, just say. <laughs> I I don't know. I mean, I guess if we're going to be looking and measuring ourselves up against other teams, I mean, there's nobody on our schedule. I think that's going to get it. You want to say the Colts maybe because Carson Wentz is playing better. I don't know. I don't want to go that far. I don't yeah. think they're, I don't think they're a measuring stick for us, but uh, who else in the AFC are we going to play or who else should be measuring ourselves up against from afar and maybe San Diego. Uh, I don't know. I don't know who it would be. I, I think that it's us and they're even if the record doesn't quite, recognize that right now i think they're looking at us and they're worried about us more than anything else but like somebody point put on on twitter the other day it might have been kyle brandt that the bills have a, a bye month uh yeah the, the, yeah, bye week, the dolphins the jags the jets the colts will be a little better than we anticipate but that still should be a win and then it's the saints right after the colts this yes the saints saints are interesting i'm not quite sure what to make of them i still think they'll be at least a challenge um and, you know, Jameis, for whatever he's worth, the, the Saints still are pretty good defensively, I think. And, um, I mean, of course, the Bucks are there. Maybe the Pats. I, they're sneaky getting better. But how much do I believe in Mac Jones? I don't want to put a lot of faith in him either. I still think the Pats are still going to end up something like a, like a 500 team. Am I forgetting anybody, Eli? I don't, I don't think that you are. Um, as far as teams that we play that we can measure up to, and AFC teams at that. I mean, I don't think that there's really anybody. I mean, the only team that we can we can measure against with our remaining schedule is really Tampa Bay. I mean, they're not they're NFC obviously, but that that's our next measuring stick game, and that's pretty far out. <laughs> so there's there's a lot of football to be played. 
from 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 here on to then. Oh, for sure. I mean, there's injuries that haven't happened yet. There's, I mean, and we're such a week to week league and I, I try not to buy into that philosophy. Like, Oh, well this team lost They're obviously crap. We were over. That's not the way it works. You know, yeah. the, the jets beat the Titans. We all know, and the, the jets are not better than the Titans and the Titans just beat us and they're not better than us. So yeah. I don't know. It, you, there is a lot of NFL yet to be played and, I think the body of work and the book is still kind of being developed on a lot of these teams. And who knows, there probably could be a surprise team that we're not talking about that gets hot and wins like five in a row right now. Absolutely. I think that like the cool part of this NFL season uh, for me, at least has been, it's, it's, it's really been an any given Sunday type of year, you know, like any team has been able to win, uh, you know, just any given week, you know, you, you might not predict it, but it, it happens. And I think that teams like, Teams like the Colts and the and the and the Bengals and and the, the teams that we might have not expected, I think that 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 yeah, you're you're right. They can get hot at any point, and all of a sudden they can become a measuring stick or something. Um, but the AFCs in a very different place than it's been the past couple of years, uh, where there's not really a you know a, a clear cut dominant team. It, it's kind of anyone's AFC right now, which is fun. No, it's us. It's the Bills. It's us. It's us. Yes, and the, and the, and then it's open season. You know, yeah, anyone can be in the. You know, I learned a lot of the of the Brady years. You were kind of you know early Brady years. You're kind of looking at the Colts, and you know Big Ben and the Steelers were kind of stepping in there every now and then. And of course, the Chargers were always good during the regular season. Uh, Flacco, you know, got through with yeah. that defense. So there was always another team that you were like, sure, write it in pen. This team is good and they will be in the playoffs. And, you know, I think that number of teams is probably half maybe what it would be in a regular year right now. To your point. Yeah. Well, here, let me ask you this. What do you think about the Raiders? I like the Raiders. I think they're a fringe playoff team. I don't think losing Gruden is as controversial as Gruden is. And he's not the only coach in the league that has done or said those things. Yeah. And it's still happening today. I would 100% guarantee it. Losing him is not good. Losing your head coach, you know, unless he's the absolutely terrible head coach is just not good. I like Derek Carr more than a lot of people do. I've always been a Derek too. Carr supporter, but as a whole, I mean, I don't think they're, I don't know. I, I don't think they're going to really going to be contending for that the AFC West. I, I think that's the Chargers division to lose right now. I think so too. Yeah. And, you know, like you said, I mean, the, the chiefs could still very, very well get hot, you know, and, and, and then make a push for the Chargers at the top spot, but we'll see. I don't want to say that anymore. Like I, I don't I'm either. still, I don't I'm not ready to write them <laughs> off, but if they take another loss, like next week, they get five loss number five, two, two and five is emergency time. Like that's yeah. like that. That's you got to hit the, 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 the red button there. Yeah, uh, I'm. I'm. If they take out the loss next week, I'm. I'll call it over because <laughs> five losses this early. You know, you're, you're not even halfway through the season. Who do the Chiefs uh, play this week? Well, let me look that up for you, just real quick. Let's see. Did they just lose to the Giants? I think they did, didn't they? Chiefs just lost to the Titans. Titans. That's right. Uh they have they have the Giants next. Oh, okay. So they should win that game. <laughs> but well, I mean, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. That, that should be a get right game. Like if I'm Andy Reid and I'm like, thank God I have the Giants. I'm ready to get this back on track and get everyone to stop. Get out of my ass. 
but uh <laughs> but but honestly i think that danny dimes could could actually have a good game against his against the chiefs defense like that's not too far out of you know the realm of possibility i don't know yeah. I, i'm not a believer in daniel jones whatsoever but you know he can he's got some accuracy he can he can flash for a little bit i don't know well, I haven't been paying a lot of the attention to the Giants or really most teams in, in the NFC this year, but I'm with you. I think when he got taken in the draft, it was just like, really? That guy? All right, okay. Yeah. <laughs> he was Duke, right? He came out of Duke? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'm Saquon Barkley was amazing when he came out, but he just hasn't had – I don't know what the reason is. I don't want to make excuses for Saquon, but he's not who he was a few years ago. I know he was hurt. Uh, no, Kenny, yeah. Gall- Kenny Galladay – with Matthew Stafford was was really good and it's, I I want to say it's almost a shame that that guy broken up but I'm happy for Matt Stafford being in LA um, and I can't remember who the Giants' other wide receiver is Sterling Shepard that's right Sterling Shepard yeah so like they I I, I feel like you know with Kenny Galladay and Sterling Shepard they should be maybe a little bit better uh, than they are but I think yeah that that goes to show how good Matt Stafford is though to make you know maybe he was making Kenny Galladay look better than he is. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Possibly. I don't know. I, I have a lot of respect for Stafford, but yeah, I did too. So you don't think the chiefs are a threat? <laughs> no, I don't. I, I, I really don't. I'm not, I'm not worried about them in the slightest until I see Mahomes get right. And that defense, maybe even take one step in the right direction. I don't, I don't, I don't see them as a threat at all. Yeah, I agree. I, I keep wanting to give them the benefit of the doubt, but no longer. All right. Eli. You have anything right. for me? Uh, I don't think so. Um, but it's 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 been a, it's been awesome being on. I, I love being able to talk, even if we're not talking bills. It's nice to talk football with you. Well, thank you, my man. I appreciate that. And same for you. And why don't you plug your stuff one more time before you go? Yes. Yeah, so, like I said earlier, I'm at All Day Buffalo on Twitter. Um, so please follow me there. And then every Saturday, I drop my podcast. So it. It's working out really well right now. You know, Saturday is the the day before game day usually. Uh, so, you know, if you get right, think about the Bills. Uh, we got a little bit of a preview this week about the uh, Dolphins game. And then I go over my predictions that I did the week before because we, uh, you know, we had a bye week. So I didn't have much to talk about. But um, so, yeah, check that out. Drops on Saturday. Um, that is tomorrow because we release this or I, I we record this on Friday. So, um, but yeah. So, so check that out. It's on the built in Buffalo podcast network. Um, hopefully, hopefully you enjoy. All right. Eli Fox, host of all day Buffalo right here on the built in Buffalo network. By the way, we have new content for you every single day of the week, literally twice on Sundays too. So Eli, thank you for your time. Enjoy the rest of your day, my friend. Yes, sir. You too. Right. 
Bill's Mafia, that's it. That is all I have for you this week. Somehow you made it all the way through another episode of Buffalo on the Brain, and I have no idea why you choose to do this to yourself. But looking forward to talking to you all next Monday after hopefully what should be another Bills win against the Jacksonville Jaguars. I hope it's a better win than this one. This was kind of an ugly win, but as I said earlier, I will take any win that comes our way. We have to stay ahead of the New England Patriots. But until then, please be kind. Just be nice to people. Wear a mask. Squeeze somebody close to you. And go Bills. If you were not absolutely satisfied with this podcast episode, please contact your state senator or the postmaster general. Please be sure to mention, Vince Taylor said that you are a big fucking cryass. Here we are, I'm out of my third Pro Bowl. We're talking about our idiot podcaster who got liquored up and ran his mouth off. So what has the sports world come to? We're talking about idiot podcast. Boy, I'm sure glad that's over with. Me too. Yeah, but you know, I learned something today. Just when you think this show is terrible, something wonderful happens. What? It It's over. Go home. Go.